Hello and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. My name is Julie Hogbin and I am the creator of the three weekly episodes that are produced. Wealth Wednesday, the A to Z of business on Friday and a longer content piece or interview on a Monday. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast if you think it would support and help somebody else. Forward to this conversation today. Today we've got Julie Hogbin on the uh, on the show. Julie um, is a human behaviourist. She's the host of the podcast Conscious Leadership. She's the author of two books. Uh, one goals, uh, one book called Goal Setting: Practical How to Guide, and the second, Stress the Reality: um, So Practical uh, Guides to Actually to Get Out of Stress. Julie's obviously a property, also a property investor, a leadership management consultant and uh, specialise in working with uh, leaders and business around human behaviour. So Julie, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you, Gavin. I'm really looking forward to this. And that introduction sounds like it's somebody else, not me. <laughs> Isn't it always going to be when somebody else yeah. gives you the introduction? It's lovely. Yeah. It's lovely. Now, I, I wanted to talk to you uh, on the show about your second book, actually, about stress, the reality. And yeah. um, I come across some people now, you know, business owners that are actually in a good place but many more actually yeah. that are not their, their members of the team are stressed they may be worried about their business uh, employees could be you know could be in a state of stress or uh, increased anxiety so I invited you on to the show because I wanted a conversation about some of the practical things that people can do to reduce to dial down the level of the amount of stress the amount of anxiety you know I, I quite often have conversations with people that are talking about loss of sleep because they're awake yeah. at night worried um and this is a very real thing isn't it yeah and it, it is it's a, it's a very real concern so um I, I wanted to sort of dive into a conversation around that before we do just share a little of your background you mentioned to me before i press pause that you've worked with uh, thousands tens of thousands i think you yeah. said of leaders over yeah. your career to date so um yeah just share a little of your career journey and highlights to date? Wow. I mean, I'll, I'll do a really short snapshot. So I was almost an, um, an A-star pupil and I went off the rails, basically. So I left the education system the first day I could legally um, and just walked away. And I say I went off the rails. I was easily distracted. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, my first career was in, in accountancy. So it's, it's really interesting how this all sort of you know, goes around. My first career was in accountancy and I, you know, without qualifications, because you could back in the day. Mm. And I ended up as a management accountant and then um, went through into being, becoming a financial accountant for, for two different organisations. And I got really fed up and I was the person whose party trick <laughs> at the time, I can't do it now because I've lost the I've lost the connections. But if you gave me a calculation, it didn't matter how long it was, I would give you the answer before a calculator could give you the answer. Because, wow, because yeah. mental arithmetic was your thing. Yeah, I mean it was my my brain at that point was phenomenal with numbers and no and I failed all my exams on math because I couldn't do the working out. I didn't know how to do the working out, but I came always came up with the right answer. So I went from that because I got really fed up with um, a nine to five sitting at a desk routine into audit, which got me into the retail sector. So that was all private um, manufacturing previous. I got into the retail sector as an auditor 
And that got me around and about, out in stores, auditing, um, writing reports, assessing their business processes and, and all of that nice stuff. And what, what came out of that was that I... I couldn't just leave the store managers not knowing how to do the thing that they wanted to do, that they needed to do to get the good results. So I ended up starting to train them. So when I wrote the report, the report was more positive than it was negative, if that makes sense. Um, and then I went from that into systems implementation. I'm not tech, but I was in the cash offices going from the old manual tools, shows you how old I am, from the old manual tools into scanning, which then got me back into the financial sector as such, or finance, um, but again, training people. And what happened then was that I ended up Going for an interview, my mouth, my, one of my friends at the, at the company said, um, you're always complaining about the learning and development department and they don't train people very well. Put your, put your body where your mouth is and get, apply for the job that's just become vacant. So I ended up in the learning and development department and was immediately given graduate trainees to manage and, and train in management and leadership for a year. <sighs> I still remember my first day training, but that got me truly into the love of my life, which is around enabling people to be the best version of themselves they can be. Coaching, mentoring, training, teaching, um, yep. facilitating, whatever that might mean. And I have done that since. Um, and that was 30 plus years ago. And I've done it across um, private sector, the public sector, and now into the entrepreneurial market. I got to the point where I was a partner in a firm. Um, at maximum, there were 14 of us. And we worked value-driven, massively value-driven. We worked in the non-profit sector, the third sector, which includes local authorities, government, um, uh, charities, all of that type of thing. Um, so I ended up working for them from a value perspective. But prior to that, I did a massive contract with um, PricewaterhouseCoopers, who got me into coaching, um, fabulous, fabulous training from them. Um, I've then gone on and, you know, I've studied coaching, I've studied NLP, I've studied, I mean, I'm a, I classify myself as a master mentor. I've trained people how to mentor. I've trained people how to coach. I've trained people how to train. Um, and I have literally worked with tens of thousands of people, leaders and managers within business over three plus decades and I love it. So um, if you've come across somebody, I'm sure you will have done over your coaching and mentoring career, who, um, you know, they're under a lot of pressure, external yeah. circumstances have changed, you know, yeah. like we've got now. Yeah. They've lost their way a bit. They've lost yeah. that confidence and the mojo. What have you found that's been really helpful to get people back on track? It's, a, it's a, an age-old question, this. Um, the easiest way, the easiest way to get people back on track is to notice it before it becomes a real problem. So I will always go back to the basics of doing, within management, within leadership, having those conversations with your staff team or with your colleagues or your peers or your boss, whichever way around it works, which then supports people to recognize and acknowledge that they're trying to do too much um so the best way of doing it and because stress is preventable 
that if there's one key message that comes out of this whole interview, stress is preventable. We do not have to be stressed. Now, I say that from over 30 years of working with people who have been stressed. And one of the key things with people in business, this is my belief, this is what I see time after time after time after time, is that people think they're being nice by not having the conversation with people about how they are performing. Oh, so true. So true. Both positively, so overperforming, because overperforming puts us into burnout, underperformance puts us into apathy. Both can lead to stress and burnout, both. So as a, as a good manager, as a good leader, as a good colleague, whatever name title we want to give ourselves, as a good person perhaps is the right way of saying it, you see somebody that's doing something that you know isn't, I'm going to say appropriate, you know, too much or too little, and you have the conversation, you nip it in the bud. Now, that is a massive thing for people to be able to do because it is perceived as a weakness. This is still my belief. It's perceived as a weakness to ask for help. And in reality, the sooner we ask for help, the sooner we will get it, the sooner the issue gets resolved, whatever that issue is, and the sooner that we can get ourselves back into that position when we're on an even keel, we're balanced. And because stress, true stress, is um, unresolved pressure, that we have the perception we cannot deal with it. So most of stress is our perception of a situation. So what I've seen a lot is, is that people feel they can't have the conversation with somebody because they perceive there's going to be conflict. So that, or there's going to be aggravation from the conversation or they're going to upset somebody by having the conversation, male and female, doesn't matter what gender you are, doesn't matter what age you are. So the person doesn't have the conversation and the issue escalates. When it escalates, it takes more energy, more effort, there's more worry, there's less sleep. Um, you, you, you tremble inside about having the conversation, whereas you nipped, nipped it in the bud right at the beginning without nitpicking. You know, you care, you're concerned. So much easier to do. That's the context of um, a performance management type conversation, yeah. Yeah. which of course is a great, great creator of stress. But people are going to be also stressed about turnover, yeah. profitability, yeah. the existence of their business in some cases. As I say, some businesses are doing all right and some are doing well, but others not. That's not a uniform yeah. story at the moment. Yeah. So, what about some of those external worries or stresses around maintaining, making payroll, maintaining the, the survivability of a business? It's hard. And especially, I mean, we're recording this at the beginning of 2021. I mean, we've had a year that nobody could ever have predicted. Um, it's really hard. And I think it's, it is really hard for any business owner, business leader to not look at their staff team, their staff complement, whoever they may be, you know, VAPA, online, offline, fully employed, part-time, whatever that might be, contractor, not to look at those individuals as humans. And as the business owner leader, you know that if you made them redundant or cut their hours, their personal circumstances are going to change. It's really hard. 
And I have never met one individual that doesn't feel that personally and painfully. So I, so I think there is this whole thing, um, and it does depend on your personality type, but I think there's this whole thing that we have to do is to be able to look at it strategically. Because what, and that sounds, that sounds really hard, but actually, in reality, it's what we've got to do. Because if we, if we cannot look after ourselves, and by looking after ourselves, we look after our business, which creates the future for the business, uh, which then can be re-engineered. I mean, the word this year has been about pivoting. You know, businesses start at one thing and evolve into others. And that's a whole long process. But we have to be able to, I'm going to say, look strategically at how we can best support the people that we have working with us, for us. And sometimes that is to make them redundant. Um and when people are made redundant, they can then, dependent on their circumstances, either claim or go out and do something different. Um, so redundancy, as much as some people see it as a negative, and I've been made redundant, so, you know, I'm not, not saying this from not experiencing it. Um, sometimes being made redundant can actually can actually truly be the best thing that's happened to you. Sure. But that sure. doesn't take away the human element of you are, as a business leader, you are changing people's lives. You're impacting on people's lives. And some people take it positively and some people take it negatively. And you can't, you can't I'm going to say, be held accountable for that. The only thing you can be held accountable for is how you do it. And it's that old adage of it's not what you do, it's how you do it. It's not what you do, it's how you make people feel. You know, you, with any situation, and we've had some in this last year, we have to really think about how we are doing what we're doing, how we're having any conversation with anybody, because you don't know what's going on in their background and with the people that they are living with, communicating with, you know, whatever their community is. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. So... Just drawing from the book, stress the reality. Yes. What are some of the practical tips that you recommend to people about reducing their level of anxiety, the level of stress? Um, the biggest thing for me, um, and it's, it's probably sometimes the hardest one to do, is to actually get yourself out of the situation. Whatever the situation is, get yourself out out of it now i mean that physically and i mean that mentally and i mean that emotionally what happens <clears throat> so you've got different you've got different stressors so you've got the workplace can be one you've got the home life can be another you've got the um, financial aspects can be another so it's sort of there if you like the, the three key ones all of those impact on us and stress is where it um where it all accumulates and our, and our natural t natural reactions um it's what they call our natural reactions get aroused if we keep ourselves in the position we never relax and that's where the pressure just piles on which then leads to illness basically um which could be tension across your neck spots dry throat 
Um, I mean, the consequences of insidious stress, which is the long one that we don't deal with. I mean, basically, it can kill you. You know, that's that's the extreme, and it and it does. Um, but you've got all the illnesses that go through to. For some people, it's all the illnesses that then you know really um, undermine us. So some of the key things, i.e., the first thing is get yourself out of the situation. Get yourself out of it, whatever that situation is, however you do that. Because by keeping yourself in it, you're perpetuating the insidiousness, if that's a word, um, of the pressure that we're under. So get yourself out of it. And some really simple things, and it is nothing that we have not been told for decades. Eat well, drink water, exercise, because that then uses the, the, the enzymes and things that are flowing around your body. Um, eat well, exercise, drink water reduce the what they call the false friends which are stop smoking or reduce smoking as much as you can because it's a false friend it's an, it's an artificial relaxant and it's addictive reduce alcohol full of sugar affects your body affects your mind um to so reduce that or stop if you can uh sugar alcohol check your spending habits because people when they're in this place spend um so we overeat undereat overdrink uh underdrink oversmoke undersmoke our behaviors change extremely generally what happens um and work out how you can get the best night's sleep you can so there are some tips around that which is write down all your thoughts before you go to sleep so clear your brain meditate you know this is all out there this is not science but i don't think I don't, how am I going to phrase this? Many people don't appreciate why we are actually told to do some of these things. So good nutrients in, you know, veg, good food, the best you can, the best you can afford for yourself rather than don't eat packaged, don't eat processed, cook fresh, don't live on takeaways, cut out the wheat and the gluten and, and you know, those sorts of things because they harm us rather than help us. So it's some pretty... Some of it is pretty basic stuff. Exercise gets rid of, A, it makes you feel good. It raises your endorphins and the, you know, the serotonin, says I, who's trying to get back into exercise. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, it does make you feel good when you've done it. And if you're tired when you start, you're generally feeling better when you're finished. Um, so exercise, but it also puts your body into a relaxed state. It also makes you, I'm going to say, tired. So you're going to sleep better. If your body's hydrated, it allows you to sleep better. If you're dehydrated, you won't sleep well. So it's that whole combination of things. It's not not just one thing. Um, and as a really quick tip, and I and I can talk for England, by the way. <laughs> um, as a really quick tip, one of the one of the things to do if you're in that moment of ah, is actually to ah, scream, go out and kick the car tire or punch a wall or something, because it releases the pressure. And the other thing, and I, I've been known to do this and I still do it every now and then, find something that makes you laugh. You know, whether it's your favourite programme, a short clip, two minutes. Um, one of my favourites is um, Graham Norton. You know, I put some of his short clips that are all on YouTube. Um, he makes me roar with laughter. If you're roaring with laughter, you cannot have the alternate thought in your head, like the negativity, because you can only hold one thought. 
Um, what about the impact on the, the you say get yourself out of the situation? So yeah. if somebody's in a situation of say financial worry, whether yeah. it's for their business or their own personal finances, what what advice would you give to them? Because it's not as if they can say, oh, well, I won't be in that financial situation. They no. are. Yeah. So so it's not like they can walk away from a no. job that's toxic or a relationship that's toxic. Yeah. So what advice do you give to those that are stressed about finances for whether it be personal or business? It's, um, again, um, so this is something I've learned, by the way. So everything I'm sort of saying, a lot of what I'm saying, I've learned myself because I've needed to do it at one point in my life or another. If you are financially um, in a situation and you, you know, the, the first thing to do is, this is going to sound a bit daft, but is to start to save something somehow somewhere because financial freedom financial security is is a big thing um and not many people are financially secure so start to save something somewhere somehow whatever that might be cut down on all of the unnecessary spending you're doing um you know if you're in a financial circumstance Cut down on the unnecessary spending. I did this once. I saved myself thousands of pounds over a year um, because my expenditure was, I'm going to say, materialistic based at one point. I thought I was, you know, I was fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. But actually, when I looked at it, I thought, blimey, what else could I have done with that? Um, So cut down on your spending. Save where you can somehow anything because that does give you security. Um, Somebody once told me there's a... and I don't know how it works, but if you've got six months living expenses behind you, sure. you know, you can you can leave your job, you can find another job, you can leave a relationship, you can be independent and you come from a place of abundance rather than um, lack. So start saving however you do that. Cut your expenses down. And if you're in a toxic environment in the workplace, and this is really important, if you realise you're in that place, the sooner you know that you're in it, start looking to get out of it. Because what happens over time is that the toxicity of the workplace, the, the bullying, the nagging, the, the, the whatever it is, undermines your self-esteem. The minute your self-esteem starts to drop, you then don't have the confidence to go out and find another job. Sure, sure. It's like a cycle. It's a, yeah. it's a spiral. Yeah. Um, learn about money actually you know there's you there's lots of um, podcasts there's lots of books out there you know and they're not expensive learn about money learn about how and I'm not going to say how the economy works but actually because we're not economists well I'm certainly not um, but learn about how money works learn about learn about money because nobody really teaches us yeah so Stress is preventable, you know, summarise yes. some of the key issues so far. Stress is preventable. Yeah. Get yourself out of the situation that's causing stress. Yeah. What are some of the other tips that you uh, advocate for people to reduce the level of stress? Uh, talk to people. So share it. Talk to somebody. Access help. Do not believe that you will deal with it on your own because you won't. It will, it will continue to just cycle around your head. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So find support, find help, whatever it whatever it might be around. Find support, find help. You know, you can you can phone all sorts of people free. Um, there are helplines out there that will help you. 
There are, if you're in a working environment, talk to your HR department. Um, lots of organisations have employee assistance programmes, so EAPs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Access them and access them from strength, not from a perception of weakness. There's, um, it's not a weakness. It's not a weakness. What, what were the figures? I think one in four people in the UK um, will experience a mental health concern. And when they say one in four, they mean a negative mental health concern because we all have mental health, all of us. Yeah. It, you know, it's our yeah. duty to maintain that as the best way we can. So mental health is quite often perceived as negative. It's not. It's a positive thing. So to maintain your mental health is as good as is as important as maintaining your physical health. Because without your mental health, and it's the first thing to go with stress, your brain goes cloudy. So yep. talk to people, get the problem out of your own head. And what's yep. what's the saying? Is it a problem shared is a problem halved or oh. something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so come come at it from a position of strength. Talk to the people that are talk to the people that will support you to come out of it. You've, as you said, you've coached, worked with, trained tens of thousands yeah. of um, <laughs> leaders. You've seen many of those in very demanding, high-pressured jobs yeah. in roles. What are some of the strategies, that, other than what you've talked about, that you've seen them use that have been very, very effective in helping them manage high pressure? Uh, get a good team around them. Yeah. A good team, a team that they know, like and trust, um, that they respect, that are good at what they do, that are good leaders, good managers, whatever their field, because they will have the people underneath them that are creating the results. So develop a really good team. <clears throat> have some good advisors, whether that be board advisors or... Uh, colleagues, you know, masterminds, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> getting a mastermind, you know, um, pay for learning, pay for development, access people that are higher than you from where you want to be, because none of these problems are new. They may have been in a different era. They may have been a decade ago or two decades ago. I very rarely see anything that is new. OK, pandemic might be slightly different, but the problems that's creating have, have happened before. You know, businesses survive, but the services change. Businesses evolve, businesses go under. Um, businesses in, in times of, um, you know, pressure, businesses are created. So access people that, you know, know stuff. They don't have to be older than you. They can be younger than you. They've just experienced more. So I suppose part of that maybe for me is for some people, not all, for some, get out of your own head, get out of your own way, but access those that you, that can help you. Fantastic. Julie, this is uh, all good, solid uh, advice. If anybody wants to find out more about you and your books and the work you do in um, improving um leadership and human behavior how do they do that um i'm on <laughs> i'm on all the social media platforms including the new one clubhouse 
So follow me on social media or message me on social media. Both of my books are on Amazon. They're currently in paperback and Kindle version. And the Kindle versions I've put bock rotten price because especially the stress one, it is preventable. So please, I think it's 99p. You know, I, I and it's and because the, the platform provides it, it's almost the cheapest I can put it up at, to be honest. Yeah, sure. um, and I don't have it on the website or anything yet as free download. Um, and if anybody wants to email me, email me and I'm keeping the emails separate um, for, for various reasons. But email me at connect at clavem.global. So C-L-A-V-E-M dot global um i'm answering questions all over the place at the moment um yeah I'm, I'm, I'm answering a lot of questions and then your podcast oh podcast oh blimey um podcast is the conscious leadership podcast it's i produce three episodes a week talk about put extra pressure on yourself um there's one on a monday which are general subjects around leadership and management um and business and life there's I've just started this one on a Wednesday. I have created a theme called Wealth Wednesday, which is around how we get out of our own way about our wealth, you know, because we're programmed. And then on a Friday, I create one called the A to Z of business. And each week I do a different letter of the alphabet and link it into business with a brief explanation. So Wednesdays and Fridays are short. They're no more than five minutes. Mondays is about probably about 20 minutes. Um, and there's about 80 odd episodes now. I've been doing it for just over a year, I think, now. Fantastic. Well, Julie, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you, Gavin. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Conscious Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please contact me on any one of the social media channels. I'm on most of them, including Clubhouse and YouTube. And my books are on Amazon. If you would like a topic discussed, please tell me. And if you have found this information useful, please share and please leave a review.